There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Book of the Week, what you should be reading. It is the basic outline of our Book of the Week, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. And we are joined by the delightful Karen Osman in the guest chair today. Good morning. Author in her own right of three novels. Three novels. Three novels. The Perfect Lie just released this summer, yeah? Yep, it did. It really did. I mean, uh, that's the third book, psychological thriller as well. So joins its sisters there. Um, you are also the host of Book Review and Discussion Channel, Karen's Bookshelf as well. We should yes. give a plug for that there as well. Yeah, That's on Instagram at Karen Osman Author. So if you're interested in book reviews, writer tips, um, book competitions, then sign up. Yeah. Um, so you were last here on the show talking about the latest book in the Chocolat series. That was lovely, wasn't by it? Joanne yes, yes. So we're going sort of historical fiction again on the show today. So yep. Depression Era, Kentucky... Um, do you want to give us a little bit more of an introduction to this book? So Jojo Moore, she's best known for the Me Before You series. This is a complete departure. It is a complete departure. And she says that herself, actually, that it was a complete departure for her. I mean, she's really well known, isn't she, for for romance, um, for the book Me Before You, which, of course, was adapted in 2016 into a film. So this one, The Giver of Stars, um, historical fiction set in the 1930s in America. And it's really a story about five women and their journey through the mountains of Kentucky as part of a traveling library, which they call the Pack Horse Library. And this was an initiative um, set by Eleanor Roosevelt to promote literacy in the mountains of Kentucky. Did you know about this before you read this fiction? I did not. No. I did not. And I think the fact that it's based on a true, you know, true events is what really makes it so fascinating. So, um, yeah, I mean, the main character in that is Alice Wright, and she signs up to be one of these riders, and it really follows her journey, um, both personal and physical, going through the mountains as she sort of delivers these books to the different families in the mountains. She's this really interesting character because she's basically taken from a very isolated uh, claustrophobic existence in in England she doesn't get along with her parents she doesn't like living in this house and in walks this tall dark handsome stranger from from America from Kentucky who says you know do you want to marry me and move to America and she thinks this is the perfect escape for her yeah but it's not quite is it no it's not and I think the fact that you know she's in small town Kentucky rather than sort of the lights and the glamour of a city um, is a bit of a shock for her and I think she quickly finds out you know um, that her marriage is not all it's cracked up to be and the presence of her father-in-law who lives with them as as well um you know she's uh, jojo moise sort of cast him as quite a baddie in in the in the whole story so it's um yeah she has a lot of personal challenges mm. yeah and they they these women kind of take refuge in this in the job that they get it's sort of like their freedom from their actual lives yeah absolutely and, and they um so you know there's a point where alice asks uh, marge the leader of the pack, if you will. Um, if you've never traveled beyond Louisville, how do you know so much about how animals behave in Africa and things like that? And they talk about how they travel beyond through their books and it's always been sort of an escape for them. Yeah, absolutely. I love that moment actually mm. in the book because she says, how, how do you know what it's like in Africa if you've never been? She's like, really? You're you asking want to me work, that. <laughs> you want to work at a library and you're asking me that? <laughs> <laughs> and Mar- Marjorie is one of my favorite characters. I don't know what you thought, Ahlan, but she was really 
really one of my char- favorite characters yeah. because she defied all the conventions of that time. You know, she refused to get married. She refused to speak to seek any man's position to do what she wanted to do. And I think she's portrayed really well mm-hmm. as sort of Alice's greatest ally, really, in in the sort of escape from her marriage. Yeah, and she's there's got- different layers to her as well. I think in the beginning you see her as this sort of. I don't know. I imagined her being this. Um, I didn't. I didn't think much about her looks. I always. I thought she was this like very strong, very maybe. Um, um, you don't think much about her looks, and then there's these this other scene that comes through, and they portrayed her as a very attractive woman yes. actually, and she has yeah. this other side to her. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when I first started reading about Marjorie, my impression was that she was older, maybe fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. But then actually later in the story, we find she's thirty eight and. You know, she's um, she's a life that's, uh, you know, what many of us could relate to today. So I mm. did think that was quite interesting about her character. Yeah. So there have been quite a few good reviews for this book. Um, and I think Goodreads reviews are a good place to start for, mm. for discussion because you often either really agree with them or just completely don't understand. One negative review said that while I enjoyed those parts that focused on the library project, I found much of the story to be bogged down by unnecessary drama. The story started well enough, but the cheesiness of the story, the one-dimensional characters, the unnecessary melodrama were all not to my taste. Do you agree with any of that? Um, I I didn't get any sense of cheesiness at all. I no. thought it was quite a, a rich and, and warm story. Um, I would perhaps agree, you know, in terms of the depth of the characters, and I think that's a challenge when you have multiple characters in a book. You can't, you know, go so deep into all of them. Um, but I would have liked to see in a little bit more depth, perhaps to Alice's husband, because I think he is quite a, you know, a, a critical character in the book. Um, and perhaps a little bit more about the the other women as well. You don't really get a sense of, of all five women apart from Alice and Marjorie. Yeah, I, I think that was the the issue for me as well was depth. But like you say, there is only so much that you can do in a story. And if you try and do everything at once, it, it all kind of falls apart. Yes. So as as a story, as a book, I was constantly turning the page. And it's it's over 400 pages. You know, it's, it's yeah. a fairly lengthy read. Yeah. But it feels every page that you're compelled to find out what happens to these women. So I was invested in the characters. Mm. Yeah. But I, I felt like it was very clear that there were the good guys and the bad guys. Yes. And I just come from reading An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. Has anybody, have either of you read that book? No, not yet. So I won't give any spoilers away. But when you read that, it's very much a study in, because it's told in a first person, um, from a first person point of view, from three different characters. As you read these characters, every single page you think, okay, I'm on their side. I'm on their side. Oh, wait, no, they made terrible choices. I'm actually on their side now. And the whole novel, you're just kind of, changing your allegiance to all these different characters whereas with this maybe that's because I, I just read An American Marriage mm. I was just mm. thinking okay you are 100% who you are from from the first page and it was very predictable and mm. I, I didn't feel like there was anything unlikable about any of the women and did do you feel the same way? Yeah I think it's it's very much uh, a feminist fiction I think yeah. you, you root for the women all throughout you mm. want them to win and I love in the beginning when Alice's you know, trying to get into this program and her father-in-law is telling her, oh, that Marge is no good, you know, no mm. no decent woman hangs out with Marge. And then she she kind of says, well, you know, just imagine, she, she uses um, 
his his religious uh, side and says, well, you know, imagine us helping people read and all those ungodly people and help mm. them go back to scripture. And, you know, she, she kind of uses that tactic to get in. And he's like, oh, well, you're right. And I love how the women all throughout use um, these different ways of uh, breaking through resistance. And there's a lot of resistance in the yeah, town, but yeah. every day is like a battle for them that yeah. they get through. And I think the author does that really well, isn't it? They create, she creates quite a strong sense of place, you know, um, the what do they call them? The honky-tonk sort of places mm-hmm. that the women shouldn't be going. And yeah. you do get a very clear idea of sort of the restrictions that are placed on women and some of the themes of the day, you know, racism and, and feminism, uh, sexism and, and those kinds of things. So I thought that was quite an interesting... You could tell she'd done her research into Absolutely. that period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said that as soon as she read an article about the Pack Horse Librarian, she booked her ticket to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and she read it and she's like, this is about all of the things that I care about in life. I yes. must write this story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think the, the story was at its strongest when it was these librarians trying to get across why books mattered Mm -hmm. to people who were resistant for all sorts of different reasons and there's a there's a wonderful interaction that happens over time um with a a man who he he doesn't have his wife anymore and he's raising these two daughters on his own i think jim horner Mm -hmm. is one of the characters and he he's very mistrusting i think the first time marjorie comes to try and give him books he actually shoots her hat off Mm -hmm. and gradually throughout the story he warms to the books and they try to take them off the uh, off the porch one day and he says what are you doing no no i would like some more please mm-hmm. and that she's very good at, at those sort of interactions and mm. and showing that that relationship between the pack horse librarians and how they get through to the community mm-hmm. and also there's izzy one of the librarians who in the in the very first day was very reluctant to joining um, the group because of the um, disability that she had with her imbalanced yes. legs. And then a couple of weeks later, she's offered to do a librarian job, you know, sitting at the desk organizing books. She's like, no, no, you know, my families are, used, you know, they like me and I they, they wouldn't like it if somebody else took on my responsibility. Yeah, yeah she yeah. finds her place in the world, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of the story, isn't it? How you sort of see each woman change in character and overcome obstacles. And I think that's something readers like to, you know, read about and enjoy that sort of immersion of character sort of thing. Um, So I was wondering as I was reading it, you know, why would Jojo Moyes, British author, write about something so far away and so far removed from anything she normally writes? This This is her talking about why she wrote the book. I wanted to write this book because... I wanted to write a book about women supporting other women uh, because I find that too often in our modern day narratives in entertainment, we're told that women must necessarily be in competition with each other and that's not my experience. Um, I wanted to write a book about women with agency. I wanted to write a book about women who were capable and doing something rather than just kind of thinking about their relationships or worrying about what they wore. I like that. And and that definitely comes through in the book, doesn't it? Absolutely, for sure. They're out there getting work done physically and they come back home with bruises and blisters and they're actually putting their life in danger because they're in a place where actually there's a scene where they you know she says that well did you report that to the police so like what do you mean the police people take things into their own hands where we live here and people have guns and it's just crazy and they've actually gone out and risked their life for what yeah. they believe in yeah 
I was surprised I liked this because I don't normally like anything in the Western genre. Yes. And, and it's described <laughs> online as a sort of Western romance, which I don't think does it justice at all. No, Mm-mm. I'm not sure. And, and romance, I'm not so sure that was the main theme. Um, for and I'm me. glad it isn't because, I mean, like she says there as well, that wasn't her main focus no. either. The connection between the women, I think, is much stronger than the romance. Yes, yeah, I women agree. supporting other women rather mm-hmm. than tearing each other down. I think yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah, and it does it does feel as you're reading it that it is them banding together against the gossipers in the town, both male and female. You yeah. know, there are there are women in the town who do not like what they're doing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the pack horse librarians themselves, the actual historical inspiration that she had for the story. This is Jojo Moyes talking about that this collection of women who would ride out up to 140 miles a week through extraordinarily rough terrain um, to take books to very remote rural families, often who couldn't read. And it was because Roosevelt, after the Depression, felt that people were falling prey to snake oil salesmen and religious fundamentalism. So I can't imagine why it resonated quite as much as it does. And she goes on to say, if you listen to the rest of that interview, that basically it had all of the things that she wanted in a story. And it was uh, romance, books, horses and something else. Mm. And, and, you know, it ticks, it ticks all of those boxes. And who would you recommend this to? I think, I mean, it really appeals, you know, to anyone who loves historical fiction and anyone who loves books. I think, you know, if you're a book lover, I think... The power of the love of books is very apparent in this. You know, they're delivering books to help educate mountain people, you know, the children to sort of um, continue their education when they didn't even have any education. So I think everyone has a strong relationship with books. If you love books, you always remember the first book you read or, you know, the librarian or whatever. So I think it's it's for someone who's really looking for escapism into a different world as mm-hmm. well. I think it really does transport you to a different world and a, a historical world as well. Now, speaking of the history in the novel, um, this has come out in the, in the news and, you know, we, we would be remiss if we didn't bring this up if we're talking about The Giver of Stars. So uh, Jojo Moyes has been accused of, um, of, of plagiarism with this book. So if I read the headline here from, you know, the wonderful BuzzFeed news. Me Before You author Jojo Moyes has been accused of publishing a novel with alarming similarities to another author's book. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you think? Well, I think it's every writer's worst nightmare, to be mm. honest, yep. to have such an acu- accusation leveled at them, um, you know, and there's been a few articles about that, um, you know, with the other writer expressing concern. Um, the other writer, just to clarify, is um, Kim Michelle Richardson, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so that it's the book woman of Troublesome Creek is the name of the book. And Jojo Moyes denies having read Richardson's book at all but they're both about the pack horse librarians and there are quite a few similarities between the two i think both of them uh, actually went to to kentucky Mm. and both of them live there and were researching this subject and i don't think that they will be you know the the research material that they both searched would have been very different in that small town where it was in this little project that was going on so i don't think it's very uncommon that both of them would have similar themes Mm. Whether it was, if it was, you know, having mm. a, a colored librarian or whether it was um, the point where, you know, the mother was asking for a book for her teething child. I mean, those things um, probably, you know, were parts of uh, what was going on over there. It's not very un- 
uncommon that they would have both written that. Mm. One thing that stood out from the creative writing course that happened uh, this past weekend and 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 right now is Lisa O'Donnell was talking about the fact that there's no such thing as an original story. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I think everything yeah. is stories retold in in your own perspective. Right? I mean, yeah. how many historical fiction novels are there about World War II? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and I think just the Pack Horse Librarians is something that we haven't seen many books about yet. And I'd love to read them all because it sounds like a fascinating subject. Yeah. Mm. And I think Jojo Moyes herself said that she was actually worried somebody else would write the story. And that's why she wrote it so quickly. And I think she describes it as a nine month fervor of writing, doesn't she? Where Mm. she went to Kentucky three times um, and stayed and researched. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, I agree with you. I don't think it's uncommon to have similarities in, in a story, uh, something so niche as well, isn't Mm -hmm. it really? A couple of minutes ago, I started talking to you about the school librarian of the year award. Um, so basically this is something that the Emirates Literature Foundation puts on every single year. It's a, it's an annual award and it celebrates the wonderful work that librarians do in developing a love of reading, um, in school children. And if you or a friend knows a brilliant librarian, please do nominate them for this award. Um, you can go to elftobuy.org and the, the competition is SLOY School Librarian of the Year Award. And you can find more information out there and about how to enter. Mm-hmm. Um, but just nominate, if you know a librarian who's doing a wonderful job, nominate them. If you're a librarian, put yourself forward. Remember, Gwendolyn Christie put herself forward for an, for an Emmy this year and she won. Be like Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> Nominate yourself. Winning prizes include a trip for four to Warner Brothers Studio in London. And the closing date is the 27th of October 2019. So get those nominations in. Librarians are the unsung heroes. I don't know about you, but I remember there were there were break times when I didn't want to go outside. And I, I would much rather have stayed in the library reading. They were a place of comfort Um I wouldn't be who I am without libraries and without librarians. So nominate them, um, show them some love. Um, and note that this is a trip for four. So if any of your friends are librarians, you know, if you nominate them, you might get to go with them. So it's not entirely selfless if you put them forward. So The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. I think overall we've all enjoyed it, yeah? Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Did it lack anything? That you know, Did you want more of, of some of the narrative than you actually got? I um, I would say, and I think there's a few reviews that would also agree with this, that the pace, certainly in the beginning, it took a good 100 pages for me really? um, to get into that story. Yeah, so for me, the pace was a little bit slow. Um, that could be just because I, I read and write a lot of thrillers, so I'm used to a faster pace. But for me, <laughs> I was like, like... page two, why is no one dead yet? Yeah, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, so, but it was, it was almost 100 pages in before it started to get really interesting for me, and I started to really invest in those characters but I am so glad that I persevered what about you Ahlam do you have a problem with the pacing at all or yeah I I do agree the beginning was a little bit slow but it was it was earlier for me when it started to get gripping oh you're a bit bit more patient than I am I don't think it was a slow beginning at all did we read the same book well I think first of all um, you know the prologue and the first chapter I think both describe the weather as the mm. first sentences which for me you know it's fair um, enough, fair enough. you know I I need a really good gripping first line mm. so but like I said I'm really pleased that I persevered with it mm-hmm. I, I thought that the prologue was interesting as I keep going back to this writing course but it is interesting when a writer starts telling you about all these different devices and then you start reading books differently mm. um, she said that there are you, most of the time you can get rid of the prologue 
And she also asks a lot of uh, her students, because I think she teaches um, a university in the UK. She says, you know, you could could you delete the first paragraph if you're writing a short story? Could you delete the first chapter and see what happens if you're writing a novel? Did you feel like the prologue was necessary? Um, yes, I think if she'd removed the first line about the weather and just got straight to the action, mm. I think it perhaps would have been a little bit more stronger and enticing um, for me. But I think it does give a flavour of, of the danger that it actually puts the woman in. So yeah, yes, I, I, I did feel mm. it was um, a, you know, an important part of the story. I, I didn't feel like it lacked pace at all, which is odd for me because usually I'm very impatient. I'm, I'm actually going to bring in our wonderful um, listener, Finn, in who's texted in saying one book that she gave up on was Weave World by Clive Barber. Because we were talking earlier about whether or not you're the kind of person who, if they're not really liking a book, will just put it down or not. Mm. And I was surprised to find that there are people who will persevere even if they... I absolutely cannot stand a book. Which camp do you fall? Well, I used to, before having children, I used to be in the camp where I would persevere. But now I sort of, because time's a bit more limited and there's so many good books out there, I am, I, you know, I will uh, just put it down. It, it's it's really quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try at least get, you know, to the first chapter. Yeah. But that's why <laughs> I, I, was, I was surprised that I've had this reaction then because I, I completely loved every single second of it. And I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be longer, if anything. I think it was just maybe a revelation that finally there was something that was slightly western themed that i was actually enjoying and Mm. i think part of it is that anytime i've watched a western or read a western or seen anything on television that is anything to do with westerns it's just it's very male centric yes and i think Mm. the reason i love this so much was that it it felt like something that i could could identify with you know these these women who love books um and they're, they're all women and they're trying to make their way in a in a very hostile society. I felt like they were trying to do what we're what we do <laughs> at the festival in a very different time and place with less guns. <laughs> yeah, with less guns. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And did it make you want to go to Kentucky? Um I wouldn't say it did. Not for me. No, I no. don't say it did. No. But but it was it was beautiful to see how, you know, these women lived in small towns with not much going on in their lives. So getting on a horse and going out into the mountains every day was a way for them to get into nature and go into, you know, kind of like an escape from their issues. There's this line that I loved in the book. Um, so uh, Marjorie is telling Alice, look outwards, Alice, Marjorie would say, her voice carrying on the breeze. Not much point worrying about what town thinks about you. Nothing you can do about that anyway. But when you look outwards, why, there's a whole world of beautiful things. It was a really nice, um, I think a lot of people can relate to that no matter what situation you're in. If there's, you know, if you're too worried about what's going on, you go out there, you will find beautiful things. I mean, the whole book is sort of a love letter to nature in mm-hmm. a way as well, because mm-hmm. there's also something that we haven't mentioned as well is there's this whole sub story about the mine because it's a mining town that they, they inhabit. And uh, she, so Alice, who's the character who comes all the way from England and is taken under Marjorie's wing, um, she is married to the son of the mine owner. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of kind of unlawful practices happening in the mine. Like it's not very safe at all. They're not following regulations and, and it's it's a whole mess. And they're also trying to dupe a lot of the townspeople in the mountains out of 
their home so that they can then mine that land. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole other story happening as well. Mm. Um, and another thing that I don't think we've mentioned is each chapter starts with a specific quote. And some of those are actually taken from kind of news articles at the time about mining during the Depression. Mm. So that was really interesting for me as well. That was a part of history that I wasn't 100% familiar with. Yeah, it'd be interesting to read the book Having done the research first yeah. in that period, I wonder if you would have a different, and you probably would have a different reading experience. Um, but I think going into it, you know, with fresh eyes and, and not having that background mm. um, also gives a bit more, you know, a different perspective again. So, mm. But I think the book had that thing which is really magical about books, a small town story with universal topics that mm. you can relate to from a complete, completely different time and place. You know, even the, with the... With the um, coal mining and not caring about the environment and what's mm. what happens to the town around it. It was all about the money and I think that's something that we're seeing a lot of around the world and talking yeah. about a lot yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, There are a lot of themes in this novel that will resonate today, which mm-hmm. is kind of scary, but it does you know, invest you in the story as a reader. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com